You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes you get the bear, and sometimes the bear gets you, and the bear got me this morning. But we got a great show for you, and uh, I wanted someone that's an expert, but I settled for Victor. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm pleased to have Mr. Armandarez in there. Is that pretty good? That is pretty awesome. I had some people that have been trying ever since I started doing that to roll their R, so you've got it down, David. That's, that's a Texas roll, I might add. That, that's, that's a, it's probably why you can do that, the that's Texas it. roots. Yeah, I, I had uh, many friends that were uh, well, they call them brown or something. I don't know. That's all bull. You know, <laughs> speaking of Mexicans, I used to eat lunch every day for for two summers. I ate with a group of Mexicans, Mexicans because I worked for my uncle in uh, construction, pipeline construction company uh, that had been my grandfather's. And uh, I ate with them every day, and we they would kid me about being white because... What are you? We know what we are. We're part oh, Spanish, part this, part that. But mm-hmm. what are you? And I, English and French, maybe. You know, I, I mean, so, you know, they have a heritage, and I mm-hmm. didn't really, you know. But anyway, but Victor, na- thank you for coming in today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But now we have uh, the DNA, all the DNA testers, so everybody can find out what they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Trump said last night, he was more Indian, Indian than, than Fakahannis, Fokahannis. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, did you listen to all of his speech? I did. I didn't hear all of it, but I heard uh, uh, most of it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, that's sort of the way I was. I, I got in from church late and uh, uh, listened to the rest of it, and... You know, it's like Brett and I were talking a minute ago. They can knock and throw rocks, do whatever they want to to Trump. And I, I you know, there were three places that I did not like what he said at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like anybody taking my God's name in vain. And uh, I, I thought that. that. Was, I didn't like that either. I thought yeah. that was pretty tasteless. But anyway, beyond mm. that, it's hard to knock success. Right. And the demos and what I wanted to talk about today was after listening to uh, your squad. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. not a squad. A squad is something totally different from what those four bozos are. But um, anyway, in my opinion, and I guess it was Presley. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. She's the one from Massachusetts. Okay, Mm -hmm. I think it was her, but it may. I know Omar concurred, or Omar has said her fair share about the fact that uh, you know. By I think they even put a date on it. By 2026, they wanted the United States to be Muslim, and uh, you Mm. know, as far as my old history book goes, and as far as my old Texas Tech. goes um you know uh, my history class i believe that said that's uh treason and uh then i looked that up because i do make a few hundred mistakes a, a day or a minute or whatever at least at least a day at least a day so i looked that up and uh you know i i was really you know sedition i had heard and knew sort of but I really wasn't that familiar with the word sedition. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up, and, uh, boy, that is hanging around Omar and 
Presley and Cortez and whatever the and other the ones Tlaib, are. Tlaib. That's hanging around their neck like crazy, and it's not, unfortunately, it's not uh, punishable by death, but it <laughs> is punishable by 20 years in prison. Right. And uh, somebody, you know, as far as I'm concerned, when you say, I'd like the country and I'd like for everybody to rise up and have the country Muslim by 2026 20, or start today by not letting ICE do their job, start today by... To me, that I always called it treason, but it is a sedition. And uh, <clears throat> I think they should be called a task, and I think um, it should start immediately. Well, you know, the, 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 the biggest problem I have, you know, if, you, if people really paid attention and listened to what the Omars and even uh, some, some of the other, you know, Omar's real close with the organization called CARE. Yeah. Which is supposedly a uh, a a pro uh, America freedom uh, Islamic uh, association, but if you really pay attention to what Care is doing, they're they're kind of uh, a radical Islamic beliefs. They just they they hide it well. But if you really listen to what they say, you know they've talked about Sharia law and bringing that to the United States, and then you've got Omar and Presley and 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 uh, Talib that make these comments. Um, you know, it's no secret. I think if anybody would sit down with them, any any journalist worth a sack of salt or, or worth what they think they're worth would just sit down and have a conversation with them and ask them if if you could turn the United States into a theology tomorrow, what would it be? And I promise you it's not going to be Christian. It's not going to be Catholic. It's not going to be and, – and that's what I think people need to understand because a lot of people here, when we bring these things up because we actually do pay attention to what they say, they accuse us of using hyperbole. They accuse us of uh, of using um, crazy theories or, or um, conspiracy theories when when – it's it's really not. I mean, the sad thing is that some of this does sound like it's hyper, hyperbolic, uh, but it's not because of how outrageous some of the things are that they're saying that's not being reported. And so what bothers me the most, at least in recent weeks, is the fact that Omar Cortez, Tlaib, and Presley, and Pelosi, and, and the, the regular today's Democrats are actually out there trying to stop ISIS and Border Patrol from doing their constitutional law-abiding duty that to me david is exactly what you're talking about with the sedition and and even borderline treason i mean i hate throwing the treason word around but when you have sitting elected congresswomen and congressmen who are elected to represent the people and we have a constitution and we have immigration law which gives the border patrol what they're supposed to do but you have these sitting congressmen aiding and abetting the people who broke the law and then trying to tie the hands of the ice and and look what happened david the other day with the uh the anti the anti-tifa or so-called anti-fascist guy who firebombed the ice detention center and uh and you know he supposedly he was a trained anti uh, anti-tifa gun gunman but he didn't do too well against the border patrol because they took him out that's good glad mm-hmm. they did and uh you know, this is uh, they're they're taking the First Amendment right and twisting it every way mm-hmm. but Sunday, and it's sort of like I and I know you are too. We're both big believers in the Second Amendment, absolutely, the right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. 
However, that doesn't mean just because we have weapons that we're going to go out and shoot somebody and that's okay. So, right. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. they, they they don't wash it the same way. And I, I wish some, <laughs> if there were a Republican with gonads, it would be nice for them <laughs> to stand up and yeah. say these ladies. And I don't even I'm using that term very loosely, but these ladies are committing sedition or whatever yeah, they're I mean, seditious they, or whatever mm-hmm. they, i don't care but we got to get rid of them and uh they're you know and the unfortunate thing is the people that are listening to them mm-hmm. they're being sold a bill of goods it's it's the young folks the millennials and others and the radical and the radicals. domestic you know antifa what I think is a is rapidly becoming a domestic terrorist organization that the media is trying to cover for. But but you bring a good point, David. A very good point. There are people listening, yeah. and and look how many times the people like uh, uh, Omar and Presley and Talib and and people Pelosi Schumer are constantly accusing the the conservative viewpoint as as inciting riots or or you're making pe- or the, look how many times they say oh trump is making people go crazy well there's no evidence of that but there is evidence the guy who firebombed the ice detention center and, and was going to try to kill people um he left a note behind and that note specifically it had almost word for word some of the things that uh cortez was saying about concentration camps that's why he did it. You had a guy not too um, long ago that went in that bought a bunch of Chick-fil-A sandwiches and went in and was trying to uh, mass kill. And when he killed people, he was stuffing Chick-fil-A. He wanted to stick stuff a Chick-fil-A sandwich in their mouth. I bet you haven't heard about this. This is something another story the media buried. This guy was also stopped, uh, luckily, before he was able to to do the mass shooting that he had planned, but he but he left behind a note, and his plan was, I'm going to go in, I'm going to shoot as many people, and when I kill them, I'm going to put a Chick-fil-A sandwich in their mouth. He was doing this because of what he had heard from the Democrats about uh, Chick-fil-A being anti-gay and anti-homosexual and anti-whatever, and you know this is the kind of stuff and 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 folks I'm not making this up you can go look it up just just go look up gunman and chick-fil-a and you'll you'll find it uh, but this is the kind of stuff so we have evidence uh, remember a couple of years ago when the uh, shooter the bernie sanders supporter went to the republican softball f- the field yeah. where they were practicing and he shot uh, steve scalise and tried to shoot some others uh, well, he got some others. And he, uh, right. Wounded, and he, anyway. Wounded. And yeah. he did that because of what he was hearing from Bernie Sanders and the left. So it's 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 happening, just what you said, that people are listening to these people. And, and unfortunately, they're taking it to a horrible level. And, and again, we do have the First Amendment, but we do need to hold people accountable for when, when they're out there trying to commit these <laughs> atrocities and, and the people they're saying they're getting it from. And the, the left wing is holding Trump accountable for things he doesn't even <laughs> for say. For things that he doesn't even say. <laughs> you no, know, that's yeah. it. Just uh, you know, and, and I've said this uh, many times and many times on the air as well. And we do such a variety of shows here, uh, and as you know, we are the largest or one of the largest producing podcast radio stations in the country and yeah you know people may what does that mean well we produce our own shows we're not we're not mm-hmm. getting them sent in <laughs> uh, right 
poor Victor's sitting across from an old man, and I'm sitting across from somebody that's lost his razor. But other than that, it's just, no. Uh, so we produce our own thing, and we're responsible for it. And, you know, this is the thing that really bothers me the most. And I can paint it with a solid brush across almost every show that we do, that we are the luckiest nation in the world. We're the Mm -hmm. luckiest time of any society ever. And we have, let's see, I've got one, two, three, four, five, five, six computers sitting in this one room. And we have access, as you're over there playing Monopoly or so, I don't know what you're playing. Oh, and and your telephone. I'm answering listener questions. Oh, but anyway, (laughs) we have all of this power of information, and we as a public are too damn lazy to use it and find Mm -hmm. out the truth. And that scares me more than anything in the world is that, you have the. You don't have to believe. I wouldn't believe Victor if you saw what he. Looked, <laughs> I, I wouldn't either. I, you know, I wouldn't believe that boy. But anyway, no. Just check him out. He says something. Check it out, and you'll yeah. find that it's the truth. And this is yep. this is where, you know, I get really upset with the general public as they won't take the time to find out. You know what a PCP is. Uh, what emergency room doctors do, how Mm -hmm. insurance companies are in hospitals, particularly hospitals, are not our friends anymore. They may be a place you have to go, but they're certainly not our friends. And check out CON, Certificate of Need, as long as I'm on my soapbox and (laughs) you all want to find out something. And uh, this is – and it's also – and this is another scary thing – it's also part of the squad's plan on and they have a plan and this is something i kept listening to her and you look at all four of them and i can't say that any of them are shining stars exactly or the brightest bulb in the box (laughs) but somebody's feeding them the stuff that they're feeding them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think they're just spewing out whatever they've been told to say. That's my opinion. You know, you've stumbled up on you stumbled on something that the, another thing the media won't report. You're 100% right. There is a, the chief of staff for Alexandria Cortez uh, is a uh, trust fund kid. Um, I can't remember. I believe he's Middle Eastern. His, I'm not exactly sure, but but I know his parents are very, very well off, and they're funding him, and he's funding the squad. Um, if somebody would do a little investigation, just a little poking around, you're going to see that the guy who's leading that group is this guy, and I cannot remember his name right now, but he's a chief of staff for Alexandria Cortez, and he is really running the show. He, he even had a spat going back and forth with Pelosi, and Pelosi makes a, made a comment, I don't deal with staff. And so there's a big feud going on. Woo! Oh, yeah. And I let you in this and, room? And, and that's exact, exactly right, you know, because, you know, I talk about on my show a lot about elitism and how today's left and and not just the the establishment democrats but all of the washington the establishment washington the establishment republicans but mostly you see it with the with the democrats that that feeling of elitism they feel like they're elite well now you've got this guy that um is the chief of staff for her and he's he's not only funding he's running the show uh if we had a good it person listening to the show 
<laughs> Maybe he could look up uh, Cartez's chief of staff. Chief of staff. Of, uh, and with that being said, we're going to do a little something <laughs> different um, today. And uh, what we're going to do is these opinions that you're hearing are those of um, Mr. Armandarres and myself. How do you roll Moxley? Mm. Oh, you know what? That's going to be a tough one. That's a tough one. That's but a anyway. Tough one. Um, I have been rolled. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, we're going to do something different, and that is that I don't want to involve any of our sponsors with our opinions particularly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know some of them certainly agree with what we're saying, but, you know, for, to protect the innocent, I'm just going to run ads about uh, – the shows that we do here, and hope folks will listen in and tune in to other folks' shows that will not take on politics like we do. But <laughs> I just felt after I saw Omar that I couldn't sit still. I couldn't mm-hmm. keep quiet. That this is just, you know, what she's saying. And I think of my father, your father, but mm-hmm. the veterans of World War Two that... If they heard something like this, they would be up in arms. We'll be back right after this. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening and making America's Web Radio number one in the producing of podcast shows in the United States. That's great. And uh, we don't want to tout it, but all the, why not tout it? Sure we do. <laughs> I'll anyway. do it. I'll do it for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, did you get the guy's name? Yeah, so so I'm going to give this a shot. So, the, so her chief of staff's name is Sakat Chakrabarti. And um, he is the chief of staff to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We can roll her R's, I guess. Uh, although um, the, apparently they get offended when you roll the R's in the pronunciation. Yeah, this must be something. That, you, know, you just can't make a Democrat happy. That's you just true. Can't. You that, just can't. That's very true. Um, but he is uh, her I wonder chief. if silver bullets would work. <laughs> We're not advocating that. No, no, no. We're no, just no. wondering. I'm just wondering. I mean, that, but, uh, but he was... He was I born silver away. <laughs> he was born and raised in Bengali. Um, to and um, and I guess he grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. Well, doesn't that just make you pissed? How yeah. could this kid be a product of Texas, man? Uh, but of course, he's an academic. He went to Harvard University, and uh, he has a degree in computer science. Apparently, he did work on Wall Street for a little while. 
uh, eight years in Silicon Valley, so we know where he got his uh, pol- politics. Um, did a little bit of web design and coming up with some web design uh, startups, and now he is a chief of staff for Alexandria Cortez. And I bet he doesn't make any. He's probably just giving his time free and uh, doesn't believe in capitalism and uh, making us out. Well, he, apparently he was the author of that of the Green New Deal, and he also slipped up. Uh, he may not have slipped up. He may have done this on purpose, but the media slipped up by letting this out or somebody leaked it. But he said that the Green New Deal had nothing to do – that he came up with it. And it had nothing to do with climate change. It was to slow down the United States economy and put and put a big, put the big brakes on it. Uh, because, in his view, and and this is what people need to understand, David. This is what what drives me nuts is people don't understand that the entire left right now, whether it's Biden or Pelosi or Schumer or whether you're talking about Focahontas or the fake Hispanic O'Rourke, they're all for, and especially Sanders. They're all for putting a dent in the United – they don't think the United States should stand above all. They think the United States needs to be knocked down a few steps, and the Green New Deal would – the devastation that would do to our economy would just be – it's hard to put it in words. And they openly are seeking to do this, and what leaked out was the fact that this guy admitted that the Green New Deal had nothing to do with climate change. Their goal was to slow down the U.S. economy and transform it into a more European socialist model. You know, over and over and over again, who the hell is going to pay for this? It can't be done. And I would like everybody... Oh, oh, Dad, I forgot to start the show with this, and that is... Get a pen and paper and let them write down some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, write down the term or the word utopian and check out what government, what society, what any country, anything has ever had a successful utopian society. It ain't going to happen. Somebody, Victor, ain't going to do the work. I'm going to have That's to do right. my share and his share. Mm-hmm. And that ain't fair. Well, you know, that's a that's another good point. If, if if anybody out there, here's another thing to write down. Write down Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. You know, Atlas Shrugged is is a, an amazing book uh, by uh, Ayn Rand and or Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand, uh, Ayn Rand. You you don't have to Ayn read Rand. it because it is a tough book to read. But there's a movie now. There's some really good guys that got together and is a three part series movie uh, called Atlas Shrugged based on the book. Um, I highly encourage, if you're a listener out there, write it, Atlas Shrug, go get the DVD and, and watch it, uh, because it will, you will begin to get an understanding of exactly what, uh, David was just talking about. Because it's unaffordable what they're talking about. This utopian society they dream of, the socialism, somebody has to pay for it. And when you tax a nation too much, when you punish producers, there will be a point where the producers will get their, their they'll take their ball and they're gonna leave. And then you have no more producers. Well, what was it that uh, Margaret Thatcher said, her famous uh, Socialism is great until you run out of other people's money. Yeah. And, I, uh, I think that is uh, it's such they, a beautiful mm-hmm. quote and so true. Very and true. What You know, I'm just a poor boy from Texas that graduated from Texas Tech, and I don't understand what one doesn't understand about socialism and Mm-hmm. That we can't afford it. We can't afford to pay everybody's doctor well, bill. Think about 
think about when when you were growing up um, in your generation, and even in my generation, and 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 the the biggest thing that I like to point out the way I was brought up. I didn't have a father that was born in the United States. I didn't have a father that was born with the pride of a of a country that was based in freedom and liberty, a country that was based in if you put the sweat equity forward, you will gain the rewards and you will have rewards for that. Um, but yet he instilled in me what I'm sure was instilled in you and I know was instilled in your generation, David, is where if no matter who you are in this country, no matter what color you are, if you've got the work ethic, you can be successful. And if if you were born into poverty in this country, it doesn't mean that you stay in poverty. Uh, we we've lifted the, the capitalistic United States freedom model has lifted more people out of poverty than any nation in the world. And there's a reason for that. It's because of capitalism. But but the days of when when you grew up, David. Being told that if you want something, you got to work for it. Um, when I was growing up, constantly my dad said, "You're you're, you're lucky to be born in, in this nation, United States." And he and he said, "I'm here and I'm working forward to get my citizenship of this great country because of what it afforded me." And you you were born here, so you have no excuses. He used to tell us that me, my brothers, and my sisters. Where is that today? Because the millennials and the kids today, the Generation Z or whatever they're called, they're being told if you got a problem, the government's going to fix it. Go to the government. Or go to mommy and daddy. Or go to mommy and daddy and live in their basement. And yeah. <laughs> you know, the other thing, and, I, and again, I've said it many times and uh, want to <clears throat> make sure that everybody knows how we feel about veterans. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're a veteran and you started a business and in the last year we will give you two weeks of free advertising about your business. And I, w- I want to go further, and I've, I've said this on a number of shows too, and I I listen to these ladies saying what they're saying, and then I think of my father mm. that uh, in 1941 he had my older sister was a baby, and these folks from the other side of the Pacific decided – they were going to bomb Hawaii, mm-hmm. and they did. And my dad had a successful business going. He had a lumberyard in Brownfield, Texas, Terry County Lumberyard, as a matter of fact. And uh, he sold it for nothing and became an officer in the Navy. And, you know, I, I've thought of that a bajillion times in my life. That would I do that? Would I sell this? Oh, yeah. You want to buy? No. Um, No, I mean, you know, it was that kind of pride in his country. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just my father. It was was every place. And I thought that we were going to have the healing and the coming together after the... After the bombing in New York and the towers, mm-hmm. but uh, we got mm-hmm. some of it, but not all of it. We and I salute, mm-hmm. yeah, I salute the folks that gave up their careers and went and, and joined the Navy mm-hmm. or Army or whatever they joined and, and went to fight. But, you know, it just, I love our country, and mm-hmm. I, I love our veterans, I love our I can literally say I love one serviceman for sure, and that's my son that's <laughs> in the, as an officer in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, 
I salute him and I salute everybody that's in the military. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, and you don't honor our flag, and you don't respect the position, then I totally agree with Trump. Get the hell out of my country. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I too, will happily sit here uh, I and say, if you don't like it, get out. If you don't like it, Delta's ready when you are. And I'm not afraid to say it, and you can call me a racist or any, any other name. They can call me what they want. But, David, I bet you remember we used to have bumper stickers everywhere that said, America, love it or leave it, or love her or leave her. Um, we had those bumper stickers, and not once was that called racist. In fact, it was a very prideful thing to put that on. That might have been the first sticker. It was either that or... Um, Oh my gosh! The uh, in in New Hampshire, the, I can't. Oh, what I can't remember their state motto, um, but it was either that sticker or the uh, America Love It or Leave It might have been the first sticker I ever put on a bumper for my car. Um, live free or or die. Live free or die. Is that racist too? I mean, should we check with uh, New Hampshire to see if that's right? Um, the next thing they're going to do is say the uh, "Don't Tread on Me" flag is somehow racist. Yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, Brett and I were talking earlier that. Uh, there's not a damn thing racist about what Trump said. No, there's not. There's not the, a if, thing. If, he didn't say mm-hmm. all blacks get out of the country. No, no, he didn't even. You know, re- in fact, David, he never mentioned a name. He didn't remember. He didn't say congressman or congresswoman. He didn't even say congress. He didn't say. Um, no, I'm sorry. He said congress, congresswoman. It's me. a congressman. Um, I think I have to go back and look at it. But he he never said a name. He didn't call anyone out. They themselves ran to the microphone. So what do they think of themselves if they're going to call him a racist and he didn't mention a name, but yet they were so happy to run to the mic and say, oh, me, me, me. He's talking about me. Yeah. So how how can you have it both ways? You you want to call him a racist and every name of the book, uh, but he didn't point you out. He didn't name you, but you're running to the mic going, me, me, me. He's talking about me. That racist over there is talking about me. So what kind of view do you have on yourself if you're going to do that? And that's what those four did. Uh, and it's amazing. And not, what, a day or two before Pelosi uh, said Trump's uh, wasn't uh, making America great again, that he wanted to make America white again. Trump didn't say that. Pelosi said that. That's right. And so when you really look at who who points out color all the time the left the left no question we're going to take a uh, short break just advertise some of our other shows and we'll be back with you right after this on david's pick on america's web radio this is ron camacho host of the business hour on fridays from 10 to 11 a.m join me as i talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses business professionals business practices and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how america works 10 to 11 a.m on america's web radio Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And you're back on David's Pick on America's Web Radio. And... uh, I unfortunately can't be like my 
co-host today and have my own music. I just have to. <laughs> we just have to come in and a la carte, you know. We we might have to find you some. Uh, we might have to find me some. That's you, right. You yeah. know, I was a member. We, for a I might while. get fired though with some of the comments I make. You know, you never know. <laughs> uh, well, you my, know, so, my job may be on the line. on the line. I don't know. Yes, you know, sometimes passion takes over, and people need to understand that um, people from uh, let's just say people from different generations, and that passion stirs, and you know, some things come out. It doesn't mean you're a awful person or anything like that. I mean, come on, look at some of the things that Talib and and uh, Omar saying, and they get away. Omar, David, basically blamed the United States for terrorism. Yeah. You know, there was a there was an attack in Kenya a few years ago. I don't know if you remember, where some uh, radicals uh, went into a mall and just started shooting yeah, shoppers. I do. And after that happened, Omar sat down with a. It was I think it was Al Jazeera. And the guy was saying, well, isn't this the fault of the U.S.? Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but you can look it up for yourself. As David said, you should always look up what we say and what anybody else says and do your own research. But if you look that up, you'll find that she was on, I believe it was Al Jazeera, and the guy said, isn't it the fault of the United States? And Omar 100% agreed with him. Uh, and and yet she can get away with saying these things. And again, I, in, the, on, in the United States, we have the First Amendment. She can say what she wants, but there are also consequences. And she faced no consequences for that, when if we slip up in the moment of passion or anything, they'll come after us with everything they got. Well, I'd like Hillary to look up Benghazi and see who's fault to us. Man. (laughs) Boy, I've said a few things about Benghazi that they probably would come after me for, but uh, she deserves every word I've ever said about that. That's true. Good old (laughs) Hillary. Oh, my God. Well, you know, and and the looking up part, that – I really would like people to do, and just it doesn't take that long. In fact, I was uh, looking up sedation today and mm-hmm. uh, treason and so forth, and it really you can get an education on your telephone, which I wow. find at my at my age I find amazing. But um, we didn't have anything like that where I grew up, but uh, or when I grew you know, up. I, we barely had that. them telephones back then. <laughs> get you know, off my party line. No. Get off my party line. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Oh, yeah. It wasn't that funny. You may have to explain what that means to uh, some of the listeners out there who are too young to know. <laughs> well, that means that you shared the telephone with your neighbor with down your the neighbor. road. And, uh, and uh, I know one old bag could really talk for hours. And, uh, Finally, I'd, I would have to say something. You know, I need to make a call, Ms. So-and-so. <laughs> it was almost like waiting on a phone booth. Oh, it, it was, yeah, mm-hmm. in your kitchen or in wherever your, your phone mm-hmm. had to be happened to be hanging. But uh, <laughs> that, was, that was interesting times. I know? bet it was. Uh, and and I, I might add, we thought we were very blessed to have phones. To have a phone. A phone, whether it was on a party line or not. Just mm-hmm. having a phone was, man, a technical yeah. step forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were, and you realize what today is. We're celebrating Fif- the 50th, 50th anniversary an- yeah, of, uh, of uh, the moon. Going landing. to the moon. And, uh, you know, I remember that very well. And uh, I, you know, it just, being older than dirt, or being <laughs> being that Moses was a good friend, uh, makes you where you can remember that kind yeah, remember. of stuff. And uh, I remember it well. And uh, how old were you, David, when uh, 
when we went and landed on the moon? I would have been uh, in my early 20s. Wow. Very early 20s. Uh, so you probably have vivid memories of NASA talking about this incredible computer system that they had. Because what people need to understand is, David, there wasn't a cell phone in your hand. There wasn't a, a laptop in your lap. There wasn't a desktop on your desk. There, we really were, were, as consumers, watching NASA use this this incredible computing device that, that they and the military had been developing that really consumers hadn't really hadn't really had a chance to to really dive into and and so what was it like being in your 20s and watching i mean a, a, for lack of a better term a rocket ship go to the moon well you know and i i have to give walt disney credit for his initiatives in many things we went to uh in 1957 my dad was a wonderful man, and uh, we always and I, I since I've been married a couple of times and uh, do what I do, I've never done this. And uh, it was uh, my dad's philosophy that we all need a vacation, and we'd take off anywhere from a minimum of two weeks to six weeks. Wow! And uh, we would have some incredible vacations and one of them was going in 1957 was going to Disneyland not Disney World but Disneyland in California Mm -hmm. and uh, this is what the future is going to look like and it was a telephone that with a picture (laughs) wow son of a gun and uh, you know uh, Disneyland was just absolutely you know, dreams come true, or mm-hmm. or couldn't believe, or whatever. I remember, and we had a we had a course in my junior. We had junior high. We didn't have middle school. We had junior high. It was seventh, eighth, and ninth, and um, the world would stop, and we'd get to watch TV in our social studies class when uh, the first space orbit, when the first, in fact, the first launch that just went up and came down. And uh, we were watching all of that, and and Kennedy making his statement, mm-hmm. "We will go to the moon by the end of the decade." And uh, you know, and it's like the uh, like Trump right now says, "We're going to Mars." Mm-hmm. And I saw the administrator. I think one of the worst things, and I guess it, was it Obama that closed down NASA. Uh, yeah, he he really restricted. Well, <laughs> this is another thing that you guys, the listeners out there are probably going to go, Victor, you're making this up, but I'm not, and you can go look it up. But Obama, I don't remember if he was successful, but I know at one point he tried to change the mission of NASA to be uh, work on relationships with uh, with Muslims. I, I, I kid you not. And And look. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that that we that we do whatever we can. You know, here in this country, you know what the Talheads can do, in my opinion. <laughs> I knew you, I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. No, but 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 you know, David, what's awesome is you can take whatever religion you want and live happily in this country and be successful. So I'm not saying there's something wrong with with these kind of initiatives for people to get along or whatever they wanted to call it. But you don't take NASA. And make their 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 new job to be a, work on Muslim relations or Catholic relations or any other NASA's NASA. We we are 
we pave the way for, or at least we should be paving the way for for discoveries and things like that. So, but yeah, I just that when you said that, it may it reminded me. People can look it up. Obama did try to do that, so he did pull funding for NASA. And I know it upset it a, upset a, me and a lot of my friends because we we actually believe in space exploration, and and you know, that's what NASA's <laughs> for. If you want to see a world scared to death, it was called a little thing that went beep, 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 and it was called Sputnik. Oh, yep. Now, I remember Sputnik, and I remember radio stations playing beep, Mm -hmm. beep, beep, and it lit a fire under our tails Mm -hmm. and again this was back in uh, 56 or 57 I believe Mm -hmm. it lit a fire and I've been very fortunate I went uh, been to California gone through all of the space stuff in California and some in Houston Mm -hmm. and you know I just I cring- I'm sitting here shaking, thinking of what that stupid Omar and that other those other stupid Omar Presley. Let, let me Omar Presley. We Tlaib. are the greatest country mm-hmm. in the world. So certainly, we have faults. Of course, you know I love you like a brother, Victor. But you do have a few faults that I'd like to. You know, no, I'm just. Um, <laughs> oh, I've got more than a few. Just, but, just <laughs> you know, we are a country, and yes, we're not perfect. Right. But no other country is Mm -hmm. as close to perfect as we are. As we are. And we have come together, stuck together. Um, What we did in World War II, what we've done in World War, or what we did in World War I. And we are the greatest country in the world. And I love Trump for being, having the guts to say it. To say it. And stand up and say, we have I have made America great again, and he has he really has and we've got countries that had no respect for us mm-hmm. <laughs> like for, when for, we <laughs> when we did the Carter Desert oh. classic oh. and that was due to one thing, and it was very easy to see that one thing being that we had cut the military back mm-hmm. to nothing, and it couldn't operate it couldn't have been successful. It didn't even have the equipment to be mm-hmm. successful, but we got it now. Oh yeah! And uh, you know, last night as I was listening to Trump, and I'm not a well, I am a Trump supporter. Come to think of it, but <laughs> you know, I'm like everybody else. Some things he does irritates me. He did mm-hmm. a couple of things last night that really irritated me. But all in all, he has done what he said he was going to do, mm-hmm. and done it very successfully. And I guess I kept thinking about, well, I honestly honestly believe we'll have four more years with Trump. I hope. I and, hope. But the other side of it is, in four years, where do we go? And we've seen that the Democrats can take good, can take gold and turn it into garbage mm-hmm. in less than a year. And, you know, they cut back on the natural resources. They cut back on this, that, and the other. And we can be back in mm-hmm. with our hands up, waving the white flag, not the American flag, in a heartbeat. You know, that's that's true. I, I will tell you, David, 
if 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 I can entertain the audience here for a second. Exactly. You're not going to sing, are you? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, where I would love to see the next four years go, because I, I, I like you, I believe uh, Trump. Uh, I'm one of the ones saying right now. I mean, of course, events could could happen. Events could change. But if things continue the way they're going, I do believe uh, Donald J. Trump will win a second term, and he'll win bigger than he did the first time. Uh, and when he does win. My hope, my dream, my wish is that he completely takes the gloves off. He will he will not have to worry about reelection. He will have four years. And hopefully, um, you know, one thing, David, that we can be thankful for, I think, is uh, Omar Presley, Tlaib, uh, Cortez. They are they are the gift that keeps on giving right now because they they are dividing putting a big wedge in the democrat party which is and trump was a genius last week with his tweet that is making the democrat establishment come to the rescue of omar and this radical left and the omars and the cortezes they are shaping the direction of the democrat party and now the democrat party has to unite together to take uh, to to come to their defense and really show the American people who's running that party. And now Donald Trump can run against that. It doesn't matter if it's Biden or Focahontas or, or uh, the fake Hispanic O'Rourke, whoever the nominee is. Trump's going to be able to run against radical leftist socialist policies. And so when he wins, which I think he will, um, I think he'll win the House back. I think we will. I think Republicans are going to ride the tail once again of Trump. And they're going to come back into the House and uh, maybe more seats in the Senate. This is what Trump, I hope, takes the gloves off for the next four years and says, okay, I have to – we have to do these things so that if another – someday when the when a Democrat gets elected, reelected, they can't dismantle everything, like you said, David, in a year or so. So what I think needs to happen – one of the first things, they, we need to abolish the IRS. We need to get rid of the current tax system and change over to a consumption tax system. Um, get rid of the Department of Education. That needs to be shut down. Um, the EPA needs to be, if not shut down, really, really reined in. Um, I could probably go off several departments that we could get start to dismantle and get rid of. Imagine, David, what, what course that would set us on. But not the defense. Let me ask no, you no, not the ask, defense. <laughs> let me ask you something, Victor. Could you use a thousand bucks? Absolutely. Okay, I got a thousand bucks right here. If you can tell me one business or one organization that more fits their logo than the Democrats. <laughs> no, I don't think I can. <laughs> and I would love to take that $1,000 off your hands. <laughs> no, they fit that. And, and what you're alluding to, I believe, is the uh, jackass. The jackass. <laughs> they earn that every day. All of them. And all of them. You're they right. got a big herd I mean, of them. Think about it. We were talking. You know, we were talking about what you remembered about uh, growing up with, with with Kennedy and 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 the space program and how Sputnik lit a fire under us. And that was a Kennedy was a Democrat president who believed in a strong military, believed in lower taxes, believed in a, a smaller, not as small as we like, but he did believe in a little bit of a smaller government. My gosh, it was Kennedy, the Democrat, who said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Amen. That was a, a Democrat. David, do you think Kennedy could be a Democrat in today's Democrat Party? Huh. No. 
I mean, there's not a chance. And, you know, the sad part about what you're saying is that uh, a fellow Texan took over after Kennedy was assassinated. Lyndon uh, B. Johnson. And um, he was... He started all the problems today. Yes, yes he did. And uh, that we've had for years and years, since 1963. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a long time. And, I, you know, I <laughs> apologetic. And uh, if anybody ever wonders, um, J. Everett Haley wrote a book called A Texan Looks at London. And uh, mm-hmm. it's one of the best books you could hope to to find really? somewhere. A Texan looks at Lyndon. J. Everett Haley, and uh, he was a friend of my uncle's. Hmm. And uh, he laid it on the line what LBJ and Lady Bird were. And it wasn't nice. And they mm-hmm. were, they were, they got rich off of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Lady Bird particularly. So I know people don't like to hear that, but that's the well, truth. And uh, again, you, look it up. You know, David, that's another, yeah, look it up. Because there are a lot of things that today's let's call them millennials, Democrats, socialists, uh, even especially Cortez Omar, Pelosi, Schumer. It's a lot of things that either they don't know or they don't want to tell you. They don't want people to learn today, which is why I, I'm so against the Department of Education. And, and, you know, the federal government should never, especially in a free country, shouldn't have anything to do with educating kids because they're indoctrination centers. They're not education, well, education and, centers. And uh, one of the prime things that started in uh, – Actually, it was in well, it was in the '60s, but um, and this, this all and people don't even you say the word communist in the 1960s or even the early '50s. You say the word communist, and it was Russia. It was this group of people that were uh, believed in the government doing everything for mm-hmm. you. You had no right. You had no say. And right. listen, folks, we're in a cold war right now. Whether you want to believe it or not, mm. we are in a Cold War as scary as, in fact, more scary than the missile Cold War. Mm-hmm. This one is an educational Cold War, and they're doing exactly what I was preached to about back in the late 50s, early 60s, that the communists didn't, they don't have, they don't want to destroy their potential country exactly. they want to keep it intact they're not going to bomb us mm-hmm. they're going to book us and when i say book us it's called rewriting history you are you are so right david it's funny because you you're once again hitting on something that that people really need to pay attention to um because you're right it's it's like it's it's if you look at government education which is people call public schools i call government education i'm not including the department of defense in this because if you're an army brat and you're running around you're actually getting a probably a pretty good education on a on an army uh, base uh, or military base but other than that when you're out in the neighborhoods and you go to public schools they are government schools and david you're absolutely right the 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 russians uh, or china they are not going to take the United States over by trying to bomb us. They, they know they can't do that. They're not going to win that war. But what they are going to try to do is take from within. 
you know, here's another point that the media wouldn't talk about that you can go look up. Go go look up uh, President Obama's past before he became president. Go look up and do some research on some of the things that Obama was saying when he was in college. Uh, go look up the fact that when Obama launched his political career, he did it from the living room of a known domestic terrorist called Bill Ayers. Go look up some information on Bill Ayers. These people talked about and they taught Obama you know, Obama was was he was kind of a radical back in his college years, and somebody sat him down and said, "You can't rush the in the United States in the terms of a revolution and think you're going to change it. But what you can do is go within, go through the educational system, become an academic, get elected, and start changing the country from within. If you can get to Washington and convince enough people to follow you, you can start changing. And people, folks, if you listen to Obama's speech when he was inaugurated, then he said, we will fundamentally change the United States. What do you think David, he was talking about if if we have a great country and you you just got elected president and you said you wanted to fundamentally change, well, I know this country to be one of based on freedom, liberty, independence. So if you're telling me you want to fundamentally change it, then you must be wanting to change from independence, liberty, and freedom. So uh, that, that's you're absolutely right. These are the things that won't be taught in schools, and they they do revisionist history. And and that's a scary thing because, David, they're not learning about Lyndon B. Johnson. They're not learning about Woodrow Wilson. You know, yesterday some academic historian said that Donald Trump will go down as the most racist president. Do they not know about Woodrow Wilson, who single-handedly brought back the KKK or brought the KKK to light? And, ladies and gentlemen, Woodrow Wilson was a Democrat. Do they not know about Roosevelt, who – actually took Japanese citizens and put them in an internment camp on United States soil. Folks, that was a Democrat. Uh, I mean, Andrew Jackson, who led the Trail of Tears, that was a Democrat. I mean, what? This is the things, David, this, like you said, they're not teaching because they're changing history. Folks, look it up. And when you hear something that you say, gosh, I can't believe that, mm-hmm. or I wonder about that. Look it up. And uh, it's it's not me. Maybe a little bit you, Victor, but not me, because I'm too <laughs> old. It's not going uh, to affect me many more years. Mm-hmm. But it is going to affect my sons, and it's going to affect... Their, their, sons their kids. And their kids. Your, and, your uh, legacy, David, their, your legacy will be will be affected if we don't keep this ship going in the direction that uh, Trump has taken us. And unfortunately, a lot of folks, and millennials particularly, have no clue. And -hmm. they have no clue about where they came from, the rights that they have because of others uh, giving up their rights or are uh, going to war and... um, Oh, war is terrible. Guns are terrible. We shouldn't have guns. Mm-hmm. You know, if if the good guys don't have them, rest assured the bad guys will have them. Well, you know, David, that's another good point. You know, somebody in this world is going to be the uh, – they're going to be the global leader. And and you have to ask yourself, do you want it to be the United States or do you want it to be China? Do you want it to be Russia? 
I want it to be the known country that has a history of actually changing wrongs, making rights um, for a country who believes in independence. Uh, that's us. <laughs> I want it to be the United States. I just don't want it to be was us. Was uh, exactly, and that's where we were going for eight years, um, which is why I always say you don't have to like Trump. You don't have to love Trump. Um, you don't have to love any politician, and you shouldn't love a lot of them. Uh, but you can look at policies, and you can see what works. And it doesn't take rocket science to look at eight years of stagnant economic growth, and now we've had two and a half years of unbelievable economic growth. Uh, policy matters. No question. Folks, uh this is sort of a I, I tell you what we might start doing this more often uh, that sounds fun I uh, enjoy being with you Victor and I, you're very good and uh, I hope that uh, I haven't messed up your um, parade in any way uh, <laughs> and I would want to invite everybody to listen to On Point with Victor every Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock followed mm-hmm. by Locked and Loaded and uh, Roger B. talking about weapons of mm-hmm. all shapes, forms, and fashions. That's right. And uh, I'd like for him to bring the law in here. Loaded. Yeah, loaded. <laughs> with, a, with a rocket. And, <laughs> and I could think of some places I would like to aim that sucker. But um, <laughs> that was a fun weapon to fire. So was the, so was the uh, uh, M52 grenade launcher. I love that. Oh, I bet. We might have to do a show one day, David, just you uh, telling us some of the things that you got to fire back in your Army days. Back, back in the old days. Well, yeah. it's fortunate that the world still is here. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a rocket and I'll shoot that stuff. Which button? You know. No. Anyway, it's, it's been fun and... Uh, Want to appreciate? Want to thank everybody for listening. We had a very good audience, and you got some comments. I think while we were, yeah, you know, that's what what's great about what we're doing now. We do all these shows, uh, whether it's on point with Victor or, or locked and loaded with Roger B. or or uh, David's fix uh, or David's picks, <laughs> whatever the show is. Um, we do them live, you know, being the number one or, or if not number one, the one of the largest live podcasting radio stations out there. Um, this is national and, and we broadcast on YouTube and Facebook and it's great because we can get instant feedback. So we've got, we got a few uh, people chiming in today, David. So that was, uh, that was really, really awesome. And uh, I love it. I love it when people interact. And we'll be back with more entertainment right after this. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 